News Talk 580 CFRA presents The Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And we are back at it about uh, six minutes after five. We are ready to go. Another edition of The Employment Hour is here. Alex Lucifero, of course, hosting the show with me. I'm John, and uh, we have got lots of stuff to talk about this hour. Uh, Alex, a, a plethora of good things to inform people and enlighten people when it comes to their employment rights. That is what we do here. If you're a, a boss or an employee, maybe you've got a job, maybe you're thinking, oh, you know what? I'm getting some spidey sense here that I might not be around too much longer. Maybe you should give us a call this afternoon and find out what's what and maybe prepare yourself. You might not be able to do anything about it, but you can be prepared on the back end when it comes to severance. We'll talk about that and why people accept bad severance packages. So much more, some emails, and the phone lines, of course, are ready to go. You can call now if you want to talk to Alex and get some questions answered. 613-521-TALK is the number. You can also email help at employmenthour.com. Brother, what is happening on this uh, already dark Saturday afternoon. Hey, John. Thanks very hey, much. Pal. Glad to be back uh, on the air here in Ottawa talking employment law, talking severance, talking your workplace rights. Uh, as you said, we're here to take your calls, take questions. We're live on the air until 6, so feel free to give us a call in. Uh, let me tell you, John, it's been a, a really it's been a busy, busy week uh, for us. Lots of people calling in, uh, emailing us, calling our Ottawa office. They've listened to the radio show over the weekend or they've seen our show on TV, uh, The Employment Hour in 30. Uh, you know, people contact us every single day about their workplace uh, rights, and we try and help them resolve those problems. And that's really what we love doing. It's what we do day in, day out, and you know, that's also what you and I do on this show. That's it. Uh, help answer questions, help alleviate some of the concerns people have and the stresses people have about their workplace. Uh, so, if you haven't heard the Employment Hour show, uh, or you've heard the show, but maybe you don't want to call in, you're too shy or too bashful, don't be bashful. Uh, call us, ask any questions you have. There are absolutely no bad questions when it comes to the workplace. You need to know this stuff. Uh, and listen, by asking those questions, by doing that, not only are you giving us a chance to help you with your situation, but trust me, you're also helping other people as well who may be in the exact same position that you're in. So please uh, don't be bashful. We want to help you with anything related to the workplace, uh, your legal rights at work. Uh, and as you mm-hmm. said, John, uh, to get us started every week, let's get started with uh, the week that was and talk about some situations uh, that I've helped people out with uh, this week. Sure. Now, uh, this first matter, uh, I got a call a couple of days ago from uh, a lady that was hired as a maternity leave replacement. So she was uh, she was replacing another lady who had gone on maternity leave. And, and this lady who was replacing her, let's call her the replacement employee, uh, to make matters simple, uh, she was sure. hired on a one-year contract. So the company uh, that hired her obviously believed that the lady that was going on maternity leave would be re- would be going for a year, would be off for a year on mm-hmm. that maternity and parental leave. Now, um, the lady that we spoke to, uh, you know, she starts in this position. Everything's good. She's performing well. The company likes her work. Uh, everything seems to be uh, A-OK. Fast forward almost eight months or so, and now uh, just this past week, so she's been in this position for about eight months now, the company finds out from the lady that's been on maternity leave that she's coming back early. So, And she says, I'm, I'm coming back in a couple of weeks. So she's basically coming back at the eight-month eight mark. Right. So gotcha. effectively four months early, four months before the company <clears throat> excuse me, expected her. So what does the company do? They turn around and tell the replacement employee, they say, well, since the other employee is coming back from maternity leave early, uh, she's going to be taking over that job that you were filling in for. And unfortunately, for that reason, we have to end your employment early. We're letting you go at the uh, eight-month mark. And then what they say is, well, since you're only an eight-month employee, 
All we owe you is one week's pay under the Employment Standards Act. We owe you your vacation pay, and off you go. That's the extent of, of our obligations to you. Well, here's the thing, John, and here, here's the lesson in a situation like this. Uh, this employee signed a fixed-term contract. She signed a 12-month contract, but the company only let her go after eight months. What does yep. that mean? That means that the company actually owes her the balance of the contract, which is, of course, the remaining four months that she was supposed to be working. The rule, generally speaking, in these situations is that when you sign this what's called a fixed-term contract, the contract of employment for a specific period of time with a specific start date and end date, if your employer lets you go before that end date, before that period ends, they have to pay you the difference. They have to pay you the balance of the contract. So in a situation like this, even though the employee only worked for eight months, Mm-hmm. Her severance is actually four months. It's actually the balance of the contract because the right. company decided to let her go early. So, you know, it, it doesn't matter uh, that it's not the company's fault or that something unexpected happened. They still have to pay her that. The company can't get out of that just because it was the other employee who decided to return. So, you know, for all of, of you employees listening out there, remember the rule. If you're employed on a fixed-term contract, a contract with a specific end date, and you're let go before that period comes to an end, you're likely owed the balance of the contract. And, you know, in this lady's case, John, that four months of pay that she's owed, it's a significant amount of money. We're not talking about peanuts here. It's worth $30,000. She was making about $90,000 a year. So it's not an amount of money that anybody wants to walk away from. Uh, And in a situation like that, you need to get advice uh, from an employment lawyer. So we're going to be helping her out. And I this is relatively straightforward stuff, John, so I imagine we're going to be resolving this lady's issue within a matter of weeks. It's good stuff. From the uh, from the employer's standpoint, is there something they could have done from the outset to avoid having to pay? Because they've written it into her contract originally saying, you know, we have the right to end contract without notice, without paying the balance, blah, blah, blah. Or is that illegal? Can yeah, do no, that? great question, John. And, and no. for all of you employers listening out there, that is the absolute right answer. You got it. You, you nailed it on the head. As an employer who's offering an employee a fixed-term contract, you want to insert an early exit clause in there. Right. So, you know, if it's a one-year contract, you could offer that employee a week or two or even a month's worth of notice or pay in lieu of notice uh, as an early exit clause. And if you do that and if that contract is enforceable, uh, then you will be able to let the employee go early. But if that language doesn't exist in any employment contract, and with respect to the lady that we spoke to this week, there was no term in her contract, so she is owed the balance of the contract, which is generally the case. We see that more often than not. But absolutely, as an employer, you need to put some early exit language in that contract. What else you got going on, pal? So this second situation, John, uh, quite frankly, uh, made my blood boil. Let me let me get into it. It's a, it's a story about a retail store here in the, in the city's West End. Uh, it's a store that's uh, been, about, been around for many years. Uh, lots of the employees there are long-term employees, so the employees that have been with the company for a while – uh, employees are all from that area, so they're all part of the community. Um, the store was quite popular in the community. It was, you know, it was quite profitable. Uh, it was known in the, as the community as kind of, you know, an establishment. Uh, and the employees and the owners uh, there had a good relationship. Things went well for many, many years. Except what happened is that, you know, sometimes these things do happen. The owner, uh, about six months uh, or so ago, decided that he's going to retire. He had owned the store for many years, and he wanted to call it quits. And so he sold the business to someone else. Now, uh, this, this other person, uh, this other, other man took over the store, and, you know, unfortunately for the employees there, things changed drastically. Um, specifically, John, the, the new em- employer felt that uh, 
Uh, for one reason or another, employment law did not apply to him and to his business. <laughs> well, of course. Uh, so after he took over, uh, for one reason or another, and I don't know why, he stopped paying the employees overtime even though they were working overtime. He okay. started changing all of their hours of work and putting day workers to night and night workers to day uh, and mixing up all of the schedules. There were issues with statutory holiday pay. It was being paid sometimes. It wasn't being paid for other holidays. It was a real mess. All of this created havoc in the work environment. It became a you know, completely poisoned and miserable work environment for these employees, John. And one of these employees, to her credit, uh, and this was actually the store manager who did this, uh, at one point very recently decided to stand up to the employer and said to the owner, you know, we can't continue in this way. The morale has been er- eroded. You're, you're doing right. things that are illegal. There are obligations here that you have to these employees. There's the law here with respect to overtime and with respect to you know, holiday pay and, and whatnot. Um, and what does this employer do in response to this store manager raising these concerns? John, uh, you know, unsurprisingly from what from what we've heard already, the employer <laughs> yeah. turns around and fires her. Of Just course. absolutely crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so she calls me and, and she calls her office and she wanted to know, you know, what happens now? You know, I was let go. I was trying to stand up to this bad employer for the sake of my employees that I manage. And now I'm the one without a job. Right. Um, so, you know, she was asking, what do I do? What can I do? What does the law provide for here? And And, you know, this is... It's a situation that makes my head shake, uh, John, because, uh, you know, uh, this employer should really know much, much better. It's not enough to simply say, you know, I don't know the law. First of all, no employer is above the law. All employers, big, small, medium, have to comply with minimum employment standards when it comes to overtime, hours of work, holiday pay. You know, they have to abide by the terms of of an employee's employment, Um, you know, now. That's kind of bare minimum stuff. Now, to add on top of that, the fact that the manager here tried to enforce those minimum rights for her employees and herself and was fired because of it, now that's a reprisal, John. It's it's illegal to let someone go because they're trying to stand up for their employment law rights. So not only has has this lady been wrongfully dismissed, there's a reprisal here as well. Which you know makes the situation even more aggravating and makes this employer look even more terrible than it already did look. So you know, guess what? When I take legal action against this employer on behalf of of this lady, on behalf of this employee, everything this employer has done from A to Z, which is completely illegal, by the way, mm-hmm. is going to come to light. He's going to have a rude awakening, awakening, unfortunately, where now he's going to have to pay this lady a lot of money for sure. But also nice. potentially all of these other employees uh, as well, because they've got entitlements as well if they haven't been paid overtime. And it's just a very bad situation for this employer, John. I mean, you know, and so the message for employers out there, and, and listen, we represent employees, but also employers as well. And the yeah. message for employers out there is that, you know, you have to comply with the law. It's not an excuse to say, oh, I didn't know. Uh, you know, you have an obligation to make the effort to know and to get informed. And, you know, call us to get informed if, if you yeah. don't know what you're doing. Find out, you know, you don't want to find yourself in a bad situation. And, of course, for employees and for all employees out there, remember, you have rights. You have good entitlements. The law is actually quite good when it comes to protecting employees in these kinds of situations. You cannot legally be fired for standing up for those rights. Uh, any questions or concerns about that, call me. You know, of, of course, we're going to be working with this employee over the next few weeks to make sure she gets everything that she's owed. Uh, but I could imagine that this is happening out there more often than we think. And we, you know, we really can't let this kind of behavior stand in 2018. Absolutely. We'll get to more of that and your phone calls. Donnie, Louise, I see you. I see you guys 
On the line, hang on, we'll get to you and your phone calls as well. we got open lines. Feel free to call in uh, just like Donnie and Louise have. 613-521-TALK. Lots more of the Employment Hour is on the way. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And we are right back at it. Uh, Alex Luciferro, of course, doing the show here uh, in Ottawa for the remainder of the hour. Do you want to call through, ask your questions about your job, employment, anything we talk about, fire away. We'd love to talk to you. 613-521-TALK. I want to get to uh, to Donnie on the line. Thanks for hanging in. Donnie, you're, uh, you're a mensch. What's, uh, what's going on with you? Okay, so um, first of all, I've got a bit of a narrative here. But um, first question is, does a uh, part-time employee have less of a chance of getting any severance for a wrongful dismissal compared to a full-time employee? That's a great question, uh, Donnie. Thanks for calling in. And the answer is absolutely uh, no. A part-time employee is owed the exact same amount of severance as a full-time employee. It doesn't matter how many hours you're working a week, uh, what your income is, you are owed severance like any other employee if you're a part-time employee. Okay. So I I worked for a company Mm -hmm. uh, for just just over two years, and uh, something happened, and I was immediately, well, immediately, a week after I was fired for something that I I don't believe was justified. I had no warning before, and I didn't even realize it was sort of, uh, like it wasn't factor or anything major. Okay. Uh, um, And uh, I was let go, which I I feel they probably um, made an excuse to get rid of me because sales were slow and Mm -hmm. whatnot. And um, what kind of work were you doing, Donnie? It was automotive. Okay, and, and it was a, it was it was a totally guy type of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And anyways, um, I don't know how she how deep I should get into this, but uh, well, let's let's not get into kind of confidential information on on the air. Sure. But uh, yeah. and and was it kind of a, a sales position in the automotive industry? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and if you don't mind me asking, how old are you, Donnie? I'm uh, 60, 60 years old, yeah. You're 60 years old. Okay, well, listen, unless you did something, Donnie, that was extremely egregious, and it doesn't sound like it, right? So, you know, you mentioned theft. If it, unless it's something to that degree, part-time or full-time, you are absolutely owed a severance package. Uh, were you offered anything? Well, I was, um, I'm, I'm just going to give round dates. It was like the middle of the month, mm-hmm. and then they said, well, we'll pay you to the end of the month. Okay. I did not sign nothing. I did not agree to anything. I just Dude. said, okay, whatever. You you, you look for excuse to get rid of me. Um, but it sounds well, like it sounds like you were given a couple of weeks' notice. If you want to call it that, I guess yeah. maybe. Okay, well, listen, and, th- and that sounds like it's debatable. Well, here's what I could tell you, Donnie. As a two-year employee uh, who's sixty years old and was in a sales position, you're probably looking at something in the range of, I would say, three months as a severance package, and that's probably not reasonable. We're not. We're we're probably being quite conservative there. So if all you got was maybe two weeks of pay, and that's not even clear, uh, you are certainly owed a better severance package. What I tell you to do, Donnie, is give us a call on off air. We can get into more detail. We could get into the specifics, uh, and uh, we can likely help you out in this situation, Donnie. So John's going to give you the number. I'd encourage you to give us a call as soon as possible. Okay, I think that's fair because it was a travesty, actually. So anyway. Yeah, no, fair enough, and, and I think we could help you out in the situation. Donnie, give us a call. Okay, so I'm going to hang on for a bit. 
Yeah, you can uh, you can hang on or let go, and I'll give you the number either way. Donnie, thanks okay, for uh, for calling three. in. A smart call this afternoon, by the way. Very well done. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Email is help at employmenthour dot com. Uh, to call in the uh, the remainder of the afternoon here six one three five two one talk, and that is the way to call through. Louise, you are uh, you're up next. Thank you for uh, for hanging on. What's uh, what's going on with you? Um, it's just that I was um, laid off. Not laid off. I, I was um, uh, working for a company for 13 years. Okay. okay. And uh, uh, because of my husband had a stroke, I had to leave. And I told him that I would leave. Uh, like, I, I had to because uh, I'm not going to hire a nurse because there's no point in doing that because I had to. Uh, I was working for for that company for a long time, and uh, what they did is they put quit on my application, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I did not quit, mm-hmm. okay? And they sent me a letter uh, stating that uh, our records indicate that you have not reported to work, okay? And you have contacted uh, the member of the management, and as regards continued absence, now you have to leave. Uh, your leave is over. You have given leave on June the 9th, 2017, and September 9th, 2017. Uh, this letter is to advise you that your employment, or whatever, to be just terminated if you do not reply in five business days. So my job mm-hmm. wasn't open at all. Fair, they had to hire, yeah. And are you are you still? Uh, I'm obviously sorry to hear about the situation, Louise. I'm sure it's yes. not an easy one. Are you still caring for your husband? Yes, yes. So there's yes. no possibility that you'd be able to return. I can't. To work. No, because okay. he cannot literally be left alone. Me, he had of a course, severe stroke. Course. Yeah, June no, eighth. I was supposed to go to work June eighth at eleven thirty, mm-hmm. and he fell mm-hmm. in front of the mm-hmm. living room. He fell and he had mm-hmm. a stroke. I'm very uh, very sorry to hear that. And, yeah. and so here's, you know, from an employment law perspective, Louise, uh, here's, here's the situation. You certainly are allowed a, uh, a, a, a leave of absence to care mm-hmm. for a kind of emergency leave or a family caregiver leave yeah. under the Employment Standards Act. However, those leaves are relatively short. So if yes. you were, if you Only were, three months, yeah. exactly. If you were off for an extended period of time, and if there's possibility, if there's every possibility, it sounds like in your situation that you're never going back. That is a resignation. So yeah. it, it's not it's not the company that made the decision to no. end your employment. Unfortunately, it's you for due to your personal circumstances yeah. that had to stop working, and because of that, it would be considered a resignation. Uh, mm-hmm. The only you know possible avenue here is if the company had some sort of internal policy that allowed you allowed them to hold their position for you, uh, mm-hmm. you know that might be possible. But it sounds like they've yeah. ar- they already made the decision. Well, you know, you if you're not coming back, then we're going to have to end this yeah. relationship. Hire somebody else. Yeah. Exactly, and and you know I I hate to say it because obviously it's not an easy situation, but that is a resignation, yeah. Louise. Yeah, I see. Okay, and uh, I was, you know, like uh, for for ten years, I was harassing by. Uh, she called herself a supervisor, but I was mm-hmm. harassed mm-hmm. Uh, a lot. Okay, when yeah. when did you last work, uh, Louise? When when did your employment end? In June uh, the eighth, uh, two thousand seventeen. Two thousand seventeen. That's okay. last year. 
Well, yeah. you know, if, if you'd like to discuss the, the, the harassment situation in more detail, we're always happy to have those conversations. What I'd say, you know, it's probably not a conversation we want to have live on air, although I'm more than happy to talk about it. You know, feel free to give us a call um, yeah. at the office uh, or, uh, or uh, after the show. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if we can get into it, if, if you like, um, yeah, we'd be mm-hmm. happy to help. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is uh, I don't know why he put I quit, but I didn't quit, you see. But uh, he ha- I think he had no choice. Eh? Well, he could have put, put laid off. I think, well, a, a layoff would have been a termination. But I think, Louise, by your actions, it's a resignation. So you didn't, resignation. You didn't maybe formally resign by mm. handing in a letter saying, I'm formally resigning. But if, you, if you're no longer able to show up to work, that is yeah. effectively a resignation. Louise, appreciate the uh, the call. We're going to let you go. You want to follow up at a later date, anytime, no problem. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and it's help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to more of your calls here. Mike, I see you standing by. And for you as well, 613-521-TALK is the number. This is the Employment Hour right here, News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And we are back here for the remainder of the hour. You know, you got time to call in 613-521-TALK and to ask your questions. Alex will answer them as we continue on another Saturday afternoon here on the Employment Hour. Uh, in that regard, we'll get to Mike. Mike, you're up next. Uh, what is, uh, what's happening with you this afternoon? Hi, thank you for taking my call. No worries. Uh, so I'm in a work environment where there was um, violence in the workplace, uh, non-physical, uh, violence in the workplace, for six months, and then for five of those six months, there was a constructive dismissal. And I'm now at a point where um, I'm on short-term disability, which was declined by the insurance company. And as a result, my employer terminated my salary um, about two weeks ago and uh, neglected to inform me. And then when it came to payday, I had nothing in my account and everything went NSF. So my question is, I know about the insurance late. Uh, refusing claims and all that, but is my employer allowed to terminate my salary without even informing me before, during, or after the fact? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, thanks for the call, Mike. There, there are a couple of issues here, uh, I would say, at the very least. Uh, the, the first issue is, obviously, you mentioned there, there's some behavior going on in the workplace that's not appropriate uh, and that caused you to go on a medical leave. Any behavior, Mike, and, and uh, you know, if, uh, whether, you, whether you want to or not, we could get into the details, we could not, um, any behavior that forces an employee to go on a medical leave of absence in the workplace is likely harassment or a poisoned work environment. And a situation like that may very well be a constructive dismissal, as you mentioned. For all of those listening out there who may not know uh, what a constructive dismissal is, a constructive dismissal is effectively an opportunity for an employee to, to uh, leave an employer, effectively resign their employment, and still claim a severance package. And usually that happens because the employer has either changed the term of employment or because the employer is acting in a way that breaches the employment contract. An employer that's not protecting an employee from a violent workplace or from a uh, situation of harassment in the workplace uh, is constructively dismissing that employee. So I guess step number one, Mike, this may very well, as you said, be a case of constructive dismissal. I don't want you to resign. Uh, I don't want you to do anything, quite frankly, before you speak to us. So we need to speak off air and get into the details there. Number two, uh, with respect to uh, the you being on a, on a leave of absence for medical reasons or, or due to the stress and not being paid, can I ask, 
were you when you started that leave? Were you being paid uh, at first? Yes. So during the leave, they were continuing your salary. Correct. And then when uh, when they found out that your claim was uh, rejected by the disability insurance company, they stopped paying you. Almost instantly. Almost Correct. instantly. Okay. They they kind of piggybacked on their decision. That and and I'll ask one more question, Mike, just to be extra sure. Although I think I already have the answer. Yeah. Your doctor fully supports your leave, correct? You have support from from your family doctor, from a medical professional. Two professionals. Perfect. In a situation like that, Mike, again, that would be a constructive dismissal. Uh, if your employer was continuing your pay during the medical leave, but then cut it off during that leave for no other reason except for the fact that you didn't get a disability insurance. That's a constructive dismissal as well. Uh, you and I need to talk off air, Mike, because there, you know, that's two strikes basically already, and we've just been, you know, talking for about a couple of minutes. So uh, there is likely something that we can do for you in this uh, scenario. I don't think you have to tolerate continuing on your medical leave without any kind of pay, um, and we need to figure that out as soon as possible. Obviously, if you're without income, we need to move quickly. So please give us a call. I'd encourage you to, to contact our office and set up a time for us to chat. And uh, I'm pretty confident we could help you out. Perfect. Thank you. Truly appreciate Thanks, it. Mike. Thanks, yeah, Mike. Yeah, no worries. I'm going to uh, give you that number now as we uh, as we let you go for the uh, for the afternoon. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And again, uh, give Alex a call. Uh, beginning of the work week, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. for you as well. You want to call three? Still got about twenty minutes till we wrap for the uh, for the afternoon here. Six one three five two one talk. That is the number. Get to Elaine. Elaine, thank you so much for uh, for hanging on and staying on the line. How are you this afternoon? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Great. What's uh, what's your concern? Um, I suffered a brain injury about five and a half years ago, and it took me three years to get. Uh, long-term disability through the government. They kept turning me down, then they threw me into the tribunal, and then when my court case did come up with the tribunal, they didn't even show up. They said, okay, we've changed our mind. Now, when you mentioned about after two years that they can automatically just cut you off, do you get any kind of notification prior to that happening? And you're talking about long-term disability insurance, Elaine? Yes. Okay, yes. well, l- luckily enough, I'm skilled in that area of law as well. Uh, I mean, th- this is uh, this is the employment hour, but but uh, I practice long-term disability as well, so the, I- I'm more than happy to help you out with that question. What I think you're Perfect. referring to, Elaine, is uh, either one of two things. Number one, if you've been cut off of disability insurance, of long-term disability insurance that's provided through an insurance provider, so I'm not talking about CPP disability insurance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you've been cut off by them, you have two years from the date of them cutting you off to deal with it as a legal issue. So if this happened three years ago and you were cut off from disability benefits uh, three years ago, you might be out of time. Um, unfortunately, I did, unfortunately, I didn't have uh, private insurance. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. So, so that doesn't apply. Exactly. exactly. Okay. okay. So, the, so the two-year deadline doesn't apply to you. Uh, Elaine, if we're dealing with, and are you referring specifically to CPP disability insurance? I am, exactly. Okay, yeah. and and you've gone through that process and they've oh. ultimately agreed that they have to pay you? Yes. Okay, and so I imagine you received the retroactive payment as well? I, I did, yes. Excellent. So I think you're on course. I'm not sure there's much more than really I or, or anybody else could do for you, uh, quite okay. frankly, but um, go ahead. I was just worried when you said that after two years, I didn't realize that the go- it can't be with the government. It can be with uh, 
private insurance. Yeah, and if you had no private insurance coverage, then it doesn't apply to your specific situation. But listen, this is what we're here for. I'm glad you called in. We got your questions answered. We've got things cleared up. Thanks for calling, Elaine. And you might have taught you know someone else out there with the same question a lesson as well. So thanks for thanks again for calling. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Have a nice evening. Same to you. You too, Elaine, and enjoy the uh, the remainder of your weekend as well. Still have time for you to call in. Uh, 613-521-TALK is the number. It is help at employmenthour.com. I guess we should touch on the uh, severance pay calculator. We haven't uh, referred to it or had to use it yet this show, but I know you wanted to mention it, right? Absolutely, John. So uh, severance pay calculator is a tool. A lot of people come... Uh, come to us and and uh, end up speaking with us through the severance pay calculator. It's a tool that our firm created almost six years ago now to educate and inform people about uh, as to what they're owed when they lost their job. So, you know, call it severance, call it pay in lieu of notice, call it termination pay. What we're talking about here is the amounts that you're owed when you lose your job. Uh, how do you use the calculator? It really couldn't be easier, John. You can either download the app. We have apps for Apple and Android. Uh, or go to severancepaycalculator.com and you input three uh, pieces of information. That's it. You input your age, the position uh, that you were in with your employer, and the length of your employment, and that's pretty much it. You're done. The severance pay calculator does the rest. It tells you how many weeks or months you're owed as a severance package, what your full severance entitlements are. Uh, It's extremely easy to use. It's completely anonymous. So you don't have to put in your email address. You don't have to put in your name. You don't have to put in any personal information for that matter. You don't have to say where you work. It's for your benefit only. If you've been let go, the severance pay calculator should be your starting point. And it should be uh, the first place that you go when you get that termination letter or those termination papers. Uh, Or maybe you haven't been let go. Maybe you're just curious as a 13, 14, 15, whatever year employee that you are, you could be a one-year employee. Right. Uh, if you're curious what you would be owed in the event of termination, if, uh, as you say, John, the spidey senses are tingling and you think mm-hmm. you're going to be let go, go to severancepaycalculator.com. It's always the first place you should go when you want to know what your severance entitlements are. You bet over half a million people have used it, and there is an employer mode on there as well if you're an employer and you're, you're working the other way around where you're looking at uh, possibly having to let someone go. You want to know what fair severance should be. You can use the severance pay calculator uh, as well. Still time for you to call in, ask your questions like everyone's done so far this afternoon. 613-521-TALK. We'll get to that and some emails and more right here on the Employment Hour after we take a, a short break on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And we're back for the uh, remaining few minutes of this uh, edition of the Employment Hour here on this Saturday. You got a... uh a call you want to bring through? Yeah, you still got time. 613-521-TALK is the number. Email is help at employmenthour.com as well. You want to reach out to Lior or Alex anytime, you can do so. We'll get to an email now, actually. We'll get to Craig's email. He uh, writes in and says, I've been employed for one and a half years as a senior manager and was just let go. The company says I don't get any severance because of my short service, and it's a construction company. Is that true? Oh, wow. Well, two, yeah. mi- two myths we could bust right there uh, yeah, right. in one single email, John. So uh, myth number one, you don't get severance because you're a short-term employee. Uh, that uh, is not true, not by any stretch of the imagination. Even short services employees, John, and I've said this over the past couple of weeks, a couple of times at least, it always comes up, comes up every week uh, for us. Short service employees are owed, proportionately speaking, even greater periods of severance yeah. sometimes than, than longer-term employees. So you could be employed for several months, you know, seven, eight, nine months, even a year or a year and a half, like uh, this gentleman, uh, Craig here, 
um, and still get a severance package that's several months uh, long. So, you know, let's uh, let, let's take the stats that we have for Craig here. So he's a one and a half year senior manager. He's probably, I don't even know his age. He's probably looking at a severance package in the range of, I would say reasonably, we could probably put him at four months as yeah. a one and a half year employee. So that's, you know, that's f- almost four times as long as his actual period of employment. Now, if, if, you know, if Craig is in his 60s, he might be looking at five or six months. If he's in his late 30s or 40s, where he might be looking at three or four months. But, you know, that's, that's certainly uh, a complete, complete uh, misnomer and a complete falsehood. Short service employees definitely get severance. Uh, myth number two, uh, it's a construction company, so you don't get severance. Also, uh, uh, BS, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, I, you you absolutely get severance even if you work for a construction company. Even construction companies, most of them at least, know this. Um, there are uh, exceptions that are few and far between. But right. generally speaking, even a general labor, laborer, John, for a construction company, somebody who's you know doing the, the uh, you know the the grittiest the of work, work exactly, yeah. is going to be owed either notice or severance based on his or right. her age, position, and years of service. Uh, if you've been let go and your company is telling you you don't get severance because you work for a construction company, please give us a call right away. That is uh, almost certainly false. That number, by the way, to get a hold of Alex or Lior when the show is over, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and help at employmenthour.com is the email address. Clay's up next says, I've been employed for 10 years as a supervisor. Now I'm being told that I will have to report to someone who used to report to me. Is that a constructive dismissal? Interesting situation. So so I'd want to know more about this situation, John, because it, I, I don't think it's clear from, from that email. So I'll have to speak with Clay in a little more detail. But if it's the case, if what he's saying is, is that he's effectively being demoted, where somebody that, used to, uh, that, that he used to manage is now managing him and he's going to be in a lower position, that absolutely is a constructive dismissal without a doubt. An employer doesn't have the right uh, to demote you like that. Uh, without your consent. So you can agree to that change if you want, Clay, uh, but you certainly don't have to. What you can do is say no to your employer. I'm not accepting that demotion. If you want to do that, then you're going to have to leave and pay me a reasonable severance package. Now, if it's a situation where his position isn't changing, right? So if he's still going to be a supervisor and he's still making the same pay and same terms of employment, he's doing the same job and someone else got promoted above him and that's it, and maybe at some point in time... uh, you know, back in the day, this person used to report to Clay. Well, then that's probably not a constructive dismissal because your terms of employment aren't really changing. You're not being demoted; just someone else is getting promoted. So just leapfrogging you, possibly. Exactly. Right? So yeah. you know, and and that could be you know that could be on merit, quite frankly. So yeah, it could be a bruise of the old ego, but it's not illegal. Right? Exactly. You've got it. Yeah. It might not feel great, but I don't think that's a constructive <laughs> dismissal. But listen, we're obviously missing information here, so we would need to speak to Clay in, in more detail. Mohammed uh, writes in again, it's help at employmenthour.com. Mohammed says, if I get uh, let go, does the employer still have to pay me my bonus? I've gotten it every year so far. Great question. Bonuses uh, is another topic that comes up uh, day yeah, in and day out when it comes to severance, especially at this time of year. You nailed it, John. That, yeah, that's right. exactly right. End of year bonuses and, and whatnot. And here's the starting point when we're talking about bonus, when we're talking about benefits, 
when we're talking about RSP contributions, you can lump all of those additional benefits into the same basket. Okay. When we're talking about severance, when we're talking about assessing someone's severance on the basis of their age, their position, and their years of service with the company, we should be talking about all of your components, all of the components of your compensation continuing throughout that severance period. So if we're assessing someone's in severance entitlements at a year's pay, it mm-hmm. should be a year's base salary, a year's benefits, a year's RSP contributions, if obviously you have them. And if that person received a bonus as a regular part of their pay, as it looks like Mohammed did, which is what he says in his email, then yes, that bonus should be part of his severance package. So, you know, and that's something that a lot of employees will not even think of when they're assessing a severance package. And sometimes, you know, depending on the level of of work that you're doing and, and, you know, uh, the kind of work that you're doing, those bonuses could be significant amounts. uh, You know, we could be talking about tens of thousands of dollars. You might not even be thinking about bonus. You might just be thinking about the number of weeks or months that you've been offered. And you might be leaving $30,000 on the table as the bonus that you should have gotten next spring or whenever the case may be. Right. So great question. You know, it, it's, it's, again, another example of, you know, this is a problem that we see across the board. And so when one person raises this issue, you know, in, in an email to us, it's a lesson for all of us out there that if, you've, if you're facing a severance package, if you've been let go and you're looking at your termination papers, please make sure that it, con- it consists of all components of your compensation, including bonus. Uh, and before you sign off on that package, even if it sounds like the best package, if the company sold it to you, like you, there's no way you're going to get any better than this, please have it reviewed by a lawyer. Please give us a call. Uh, you know, I can say quite honestly, in eight out of 10 cases that we see, if not nine, I'm probably being nice to employers here, mm. um, in eight or nine out of 10 cases, the severances that people are offered are inadequate. They're great deals for the employer, but they're not great deals for the employee. So basically what you're saying is in Mohammed's case or anybody's case for that matter, for the duration of your severance period, you have to be made whole. All components of your severance have to be in there, like you said, car allowance, bonuses, all that stuff, right? You got it. That's exactly right. Uh, even if it's a lump sum payment, right? It still right. has to include those amounts and those benefits that you would have received during the severance period. So if your severance period is 12 months because you're assessed at 12 months, mm-hmm. then you've got to receive all of those components of your compensation for, the, for that 12-month period. Good for another week, uh, my friend. Nicely done. Thanks to everybody for uh, for doing this this afternoon and your phone calls as well. You want to continue on and ask questions now that the show is done for this week. You can pick it up with Alex or Lior uh, in the new week, and that is 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com. And always, always, always check severancepaycalculator.com as well before you sign or go anywhere with that severance offer. Until next time, this has been the Employment Hour. It's right here on News Talk 580 CFRA.